0: Whatever you do, build for the future. You know, think about where your business is going, not where it is today. Hello and welcome to Pillars of Wealth Creation, where we talk about creating financial success with a special focus on business and real estate. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. Now, let's get to it. Hello, and welcome back to Pillars of Wealth Creation. I'm your host, Ted Armour With me, I'm excited to have Brandon Barnes. Brandon, how are you doing today?
1: Hey, I'm doing well. Awesome. How's it going?
0: It's uh, it's going well. We're actually talking here on election day, so, you know, exciting. But hey, you know, to I, I kind of like I'm telling people, like, you know, you, you have a candidate that you really want to win uh for the president for you know maybe uh, other positions as well but life will go on if your candidate does not win you can still control your own destiny right you can still control your own results and life will go on look it's not the end of the world either way no matter what 100% 100% <laughs> so, so many people get so carried away like they're going to be devastated for you know, for quite some time. And it's like, yeah, I get it. You were excited about your candidate, but life goes on.
1: Agree. Agree. I think there's a lot of excitement in the air.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but, you know, either way, focus on uh, your own personal destiny, your own personal legend, if you will.
0: <laughs> exactly. Exactly.
1: So let's dive in. Uh, Brandon
0: Barnes, again, he's a real estate investor and also owner of the REI Live and Atlanta Meetup Group. After his exit from a successful career in corporate America, Brandon entered the wholesaling industry, and he quickly scaled his real estate investment company to over a million dollars in yearly revenue by firing himself and focusing on team building and networking. We're going to dive into that because that is like exactly what everybody needs to make sure they're focusing on instead of focusing on how can I do more, you know, we're going to learn from Brandon on how can I do differently and grow. So he's passionate about sharing his expertise and he's got a coaching program. And so he's passionate about coaching students to take action and make money in real estate with his offers over appointments strategy. Brandon, man, I'm excited to dive in and I really want to learn more about how you how you scaled this wholesaling business which is a it's a, it's a lot of work if you don't do it right and it probably still is a lot of work if you do it right. But let's <laughs> let's dive in. Why did but before we do that give our listeners a little bit more about your background anything more that you you want to say that maybe I didn't hit on.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, so I started, um, you know, here just four or five short years ago. Uh, But it wasn't what I had planned for my life. Hmm. So originally, you know, born up near Chicago, but raised in Atlanta since I was one. So um, for all intents and purposes, raised here, grew up here, um, got my foundations here. Um, But I, you know, went and wanted to graduate from a big school. So I transferred to Purdue University, I got, I wasn't the best student in high school and kind of got by sailed by right at a fit, you know, 80% uh, grade average, right. And um, I knew that I wouldn't be able to get into the big name schools to have a great opportunity for a career post um, high school, if I didn't get good grades, um, those very first few years. So I started here at state, Uh, Georgia State University, two years, and then transferred up to Purdue and spent another four um, up there. Uh, But it was a great time, great experience. So the first,
0: the first two years in college was like making up for the the years of high school that you did. Exactly, exactly. So I
1: left, I left Georgia State with like a three point six um which you know like i said I graduate high school barely like right at you know uh 80 uh great great average so um you know that was my goal was go to a big school and come out with a great career and that's exactly what happened yeah. um so i got into um a heinz internship so h.j heinz ketchup company yep. intern with them two summers in pittsburgh and then another co-op in germany with them because i minored in mm. german um, cool. so I had a great opportunity, um, and there was this leadership development program where I was going to rotate three different years, three different roles, um, three different states. And, um, after that very first year of spending time in Pittsburgh, um, they moved me out to Illinois, Iowa border. So in the quad mm-hmm. cities yep. and, um, great opportunity, but Heinz got acquired. Uh, and so they effectively shut down that program and asked me to come back. Uh, but I had already moved my wife or she was my um, fiance at the time. And she had already started teaching in the Quad Cities. And so I'm traveling back and forth. And mm. it was, it was a very, very painful uh, experience for us um, because we had a, a newborn. We had a newborn. Oh, my man. son was born in Pittsburgh.
0: And it's not like it's really uh- traveling from the quad cities an hour away or something like that you're traveling right it was a good Indiana. six, six <laughs> a eight Pittsburgh. hour drive whatever right
1: yeah. um and I actually remember the very last trip uh back from Pittsburgh to to the quad cities was in the storm Electra it was the uh, Electra ice storm of 2013 and uh so that was a crazy experience in itself but um I made it I made it back um, found a local job working for the Kraft Oscar company. Um, and then uh, they got bought out by the same, you know, you know, that's what created the Heinz uh, Kraft company. Um, and so I, you know, did that for a few years and had an opportunity to come back to Georgia three for three, you know, luck of the odds, the uh, ice cream company that I came back to work for in Atlanta also got acquired in the come next on. <laughs> so like it just was you know i had this perfect storybook plan and um it just didn't work out like that and so that opened the door to real estate and i completely uh took hold of that opportunity because i always wanted to be an entrepreneur um and it was just that that's the hand that i was dealt um and so uh, i called a buddy and said hey what's this real estate thing all about and he said man i moved to atlanta from pittsburgh Come by. You can learn from me. You can, you know, learn from this mentor program. Drive for dollars, um, and so that's that started uh, my career. It wasn't, you know, because I, you know, just was the smartest guy, and I knew that I wanted to get in real estate, and I knew what great opportunity it was. But it was literally got fired and called and phoned a friend, and he said, "Hey, you can come learn uh, about real estate investing from me." So.
0: So, That's so you you get fired, and, and was it was it you got fired and said, "Hey, I'm gonna do this thing." Or were you were you trying to figure stuff out? Were you trying to look for another job, or did you say, "Look, I'm done with jobs for now. I'm gonna go figure out how to be an entrepreneur." How was that? Where was the mindset there?
1: Yeah, I was looking for jobs. I was looking for jobs. Uh, Um, and so I got fired two weeks after I got married after, you know, to add a little (laughs) flavor to the story, we got married, um, October 10th, 2015, I was fired by like the 21st. And so I started to apply for jobs. And when I called my buddy in December, 2015 is when he introduced wholesaling to me and I came by and I was in, I was hooked. Um, however, I was still interviewing for positions. And the very last position that I interviewed for was with the Coca-Cola company, which would have been a great opportunity. My dad actually also works at Coke, but it was completely different. It was actually the bottling facility. So he really didn't have anything to do with that. Um, But um, I I did not perform very well in that interview because I think my mind was already set. Look, I'm really excited about being an entrepreneur and starting down this path of real estate. Yeah. And so that, that very first year I got, you know, based on my corporate experience, I, I started to build things for the business that I wanted to have in the future. Uh, So six months in, I hired my first team member who's still with me to this day. Um, She was an administrative assistant VA um, that I found on upwork.com. And um, she's been with me ever since. And you know I I knew to hire that person and pay them 40 hours because I wanted them to stay with me and really help me build this out as a business uh, and that's how I was able to do six figures that very first year um, and continue to grow from there you know ultimately you know uh, get into you know hitting a million do- million dollar dollar mark in year three and four um, and continue to grow this as a business
0: so I, I gotta stop you and I want to go back Uh Because you you said something that I don't. Hopefully everybody caught, but if they didn't, I think it's super important to catch. You said that you built for the future right away, and that's something so many people forget to do, or just don't even think they should do. You know, somebody just asked a question on bigger pockets, and it was, you know, how do I set my LLC and business up, and that my response was whatever you do build for the future, you know, think about where your business is going, not where it is today. So that's so valuable. How did you, like, you hired somebody fairly quickly, but you just lost your job. You know, you're married, you got a kid, like, <laughs> like right. Um, yeah. That you, you got bills to pay. How right. did you, how did you, justify hiring
1: somebody part of that part of that mentor program was a wholesaling in group the biggest one of the biggest um advantages of being in a mentor because i had already had access through my buddy but i wanted to join it myself Mm -hmm. so that i could network with others so i could be a face in the facebook group so i could um you know uh, build Uh, my network with other investors and aspiring wholesalers. And one of the guys in there, Clayton Morris, at the time, he had mentioned, um, I think I got this from him, you know, you hire for where you want your business to be. You know, you hire for the future, but very, very similar to what you just said. And so when I made that hire, you know, there are, you know, a bunch of my students say, well, you know, I should just probably get somebody part time or, you know, I should just get somebody to, you know, I'm not going to have 40 hours of work for them. And, and that was the case uh, a lot of the times early on, but I wanted somebody that was going to be fully committed to my business and not treat my business as a side hustle for them. I wanted to give her 40 hours so that I, I could grow with her over time. And that was the most critical component to my early success is having an assistant that Um, make sure that, you know, marketing was always going out. KPIs were always being tracked. You know, emails were being answered. You know, everything, you know, that I could, you know, even even building out an operations manual um, so that when I would bring on team members in the future, she would be able to support them. So I wouldn't always have to, you know, handhold and I could still be out building and working on the business while she worked in the business full time. So that, that was some great advice that I got from a, from a colleague that was in the mentor program. And, and it set very well with me. And, um, you know, that was the best, best component, um, biggest uh, kind of linchpin for my early success is having her full time with me.
0: And it sounds like with that and continuing, you know, when, when I did the intro, we talked about you built a team, you weren't you realized very quickly, you couldn't be working in the business and you'd be working on building out the business. Talk, talk to me about the scaling of this business. How did you go from, you know, six to seven figures in the business? How did you scale it? I think a lot of people have questions when it comes to scaling. Like when, when should I hire? How do I know it's the right time? How do I give stuff away? Uh, Obviously there's a ton there to unpack, but let's just take it small And just start with, you know, uncovering kind of how you started to scale.
1: Yeah, look, the most important part um, for for the scaling is I I think having that assistant um, so that when you bring on team members, that assistant can make sure that they have everything that they need to be successful. But the biggest um, the, the biggest piece to the puzzle for someone that, that wants to scale their wholesaling business is getting an acquisitions manager. And I'd heard countless people ask a question, Hey, when is the time? Am I ready? Will I have enough leads for them? And it's never going to be a perfect time. You know, if you've already been doing, um, you know, activity in the business and you've been talking to people over time, you know, that's the, 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 you know, Everybody knows that the money and the deals are in the database. There's a lot of you know, activity and homeowners that you've probably been working with that are in your database. So even if I'm not generating another 50 new leads each and every week, there's people in the database that you know, if you bring on an acquisition manager, they can start to you know, work with and make offers to your new leads as well as the old leads. Yeah. And so my suggestion to anybody is if you can budget out pay for an acquisition manager in your business for about three to five months, then make that higher because that person is going to bring you more business that way. Anytime you're doing anything, you know, that you know, leads are being spoken to, offers are being submitted, and follow up is 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 being done, um, and that that was the biggest key to success. Um, and I wish I had hired that that position sooner. Um, I had to hire that position, in the what that would have, that would have been around Thanksgiving 2017. So at the end of year 2 I made that that yeah, hire for the acquisition years. manager and then year 3 we did a million. It was it was it was just like that because then offers were going out consistently. Yeah. When it was for me it was like a good week if I got out 5. And once I made that hire in in uh, the end of 2017 that is what exploded the business. So you know I always tell people you know you're going to be uncomfortable, make that decision to get that acquisition manager into your business.
0: I think that's, I mean, especially a business like yours, but honestly, anything in real estate, uh, multifamily, you know, anything like, a, you know, when I, before I had an acquisitions manager, especially as I started getting more busy, I'm sitting here going, oh, I can't, you know, saw a broker will send me a deal. And it takes me way too long to get to it get the underwritten writing done and then get back to the broker saying this is a deal or not a deal. And so my communication with these brokers got poor and and I'm sitting here not communicating well with them. And in multifamily, you know, you have to communicate with brokers In wholesaling. You have to communicate with the owner itself, right? This, uh, if you don't, you're not going to get the deal. And in wholesaling, it's especially critical for speed, right? I mean, these, these people want to know, they want to know, like the second they talk to you, it, what they what you think their house is worth. And, and, you know, are you ready to write an offer? Like if you could tell them literally in 30 seconds, like that would be the best, right. And, and wholesaling it's right. all, you know, but even in, even in my business, like we don't want to wait three weeks before we tell a broker, right? Uh, it's such a valuable um, tip right there, you know, hire that acquisitions manager. Think of the time. I mean, I can think of my flipping business back when I was doing that. And man, the amount of time that I would spend on writing offers when that was my main thing, it it would eat my entire day up. Right. You can't
1: be a business owner and and doing that activity, But you also can not grow without that activity, right? <laughs> There's no way that you can yeah. scale without getting more opportunities to do deals, uh, and that AM is is invaluable.
0: Yeah. So you're you know you you hire your first uh, virtual assistant, uh, you hire a, an acquisitions manager. Um, when you when you made those hires, were you digging in your own pocket to pay them or were, was the business more than covering their salary?
1: Yeah, definitely for the first virtual assistant at six months in, I was definitely digging in my own pocket. Um, but by the time we made the hire for the acquisitions manager, maybe the very first month or so, um, you know, it was, uh, kind of on, on me to use some of my cash to get them going it was part of the budget that I had laid out um, but that after that first you know three months or so he they hit stride so I think I actually had um, two ladies that were um, playing acquisitions uh, you know play, fulfilling the role of acquisition manager um, and then av- eventually one of my cold callers I transitioned him to an acquisition manager, um, but they immediately got results because the offers just started to go out so much faster. Yeah. Um, so the the business sustained um, the salary of the acquisitions manager way faster um, than for my initial hire with my virtual assistant.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, so so many lessons here that that people can take from this. I think, you know, look, it's it's so my brain still, I've been doing this for a long time. I still struggle with hiring somebody too early, right? It's very difficult sometimes to go, oh, I really want to hire somebody, but we don't have that cash flow, or we don't want to place that cash flow in their pockets right now. But at every single time, when you make that step, you end up, replacing their cash flow and actually increasing profits in the business every time without fail. (laughs) So it's like, I don't know why it's so difficult, but it just, for some reason it is, maybe it becomes easier after time. I don't know.
1: Um, Right. It's that leap. It's taking that leap um, leap. of of faith almost. And and, um, I think that that's something that, you know, when you decide to even get into entrepreneurship, like that's a leap. When you decide to, you know, be self-employed, that's a leap, and you know, if you, if you if you do things the right way and you're consistent, you continue to learn and, and develop yourself, your skill set, um, and um, you know, continue to network or seek mentorship. You're going to have success. Like those are my three themes, right? The three C's is is coaching, uh, continuous learning, development, uh, and consistency. With those things, like you can have success.
0: Yeah you, um, you scaled this business, what, what's your, what are your main roles now in your business to, you know, for success, for continued sustained success?
1: Yeah. uh, Great question. So as of right now, I'm actually fulfilling the role of dispositions manager um, that let my dispo go this summer. Um, you know, he, he was great. He still works kind of boots on the ground for me, um, and, and does some, some, um, you know, inspections and and whatnot and, and pulling records from the County, but I'm, I'm fulfilling that role. But say, say I had a full deck, um, you know, my role at that point, and which, you know, I did, you know, prior to this summer, um, you know, my interaction with the business is to continue to lead the team meetings, um, Because I have not yet, you know, went out and hired a COO, if you will. Um, But that is another step um, that I would like to see, uh, you know, um, had and taking place within the next year. Um, But the leading team meeting, so an acquisitions team meeting, a dispositions team meeting, and then a general kind of higher level manager team meeting is, um, you know, what I do, you know, review the KPIs, uh, see what's going on. Um, you know, continuing to network, um, you know, make sure that everything is going well for our closing attorneys, um, you know, in the core wholesaling business, um, it's more so it's managing the managers, making sure that everything looks right, giving feedback, giving coaching leadership um, uh, with the team members and the different managers. So that that's, you know, basically it. Um, but for me at this point and where I am, um, you know, I've I've now added on this this new business in, in coaching, and so um, that's kind of where you know that additional time gets spent is me building out the coaching business. So that's kind of what I have going on. But you know, if if, if I just were to keep it to the uh, to the core wholesaling business, it's leading, um, managing the managers, reviewing KPIs, and providing feedback, um, and and spot checking uh, work, and 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 giving, um, you know, constructive criticism to our prospectors, our um, uh, acquisitions team members, dispositions team members. Yeah. So, so why,
0: why coaching? Why did you decide to go that route? What pushed you to say, Hey, I want to, I want to create more competitors.
1: Yeah. Look, uh, <laughs> that's a great
0: question.
1: <laughs> Um, and you know, look, I don't, I don't really believe in competition like that. I think that at the end of the day, you know, there's enough out here for everyone. Um, and they're going to be different people that just, you know, want to do business with us over, you know, the next person. It's just, is how we connect with them. Um, but, um, it all boils back down to the monthly meetup. Um, you know, buddy, Brian Tripp had, um, started the RI live brand. And um, started in Birmingham, went to Columbia, South Carolina, went to Sarasota, Florida, and came into Atlanta. And he actually um, started with another, um, um, you know, somebody else that was going to take over the REI Live Atlanta brand, and it just didn't work out after two months. And I went and I supported him because I met him at a wholesaling Inc. event. Um, So I came out and just, you know, offered to help, and he asked me to take it over. Uh, and so once I did that in March of 2019, um, kind of by the summer, you know, he kept saying, Hey, you should be coaching. This is kind of how you can uh, monetize this group. This is how you can make this make sense for you because, you know, the, the monthly meetup is just built to break even and provide value, but people are going to continue to come and ask for coaching leadership, understanding how they can get into real estate investing. And he was very right. So by August um, I said, Hey, I'll, I'll do a, you know, a, a coaching open house and invite all the people from the meetup and, you know, whoever shows up, if they do want coaching, you know, I'll, I'll build, I'll put a program together. And that's, um, that's how that started. Um, you know, there was a dime, I, you know, I, I still don't really love to live my life in front of a camera. And I think that you have to live, you know, some level of consistent content um, is necessary to to really make it make sense. Uh, but I'm okay with that. And I'm okay with that right now. Um, but, uh, you know, I've, you know, had kind of coaching and um, teaching in my blood, my wife was a teacher, mom was a teacher, sister was a teacher, dad was a basketball coach. And, you know, I did, you know, led large teams at the, you know, production facilities at Hind and Kraft and Talenti, Unilever, uh, and so it's, it's it's comes it's coming pretty natural, and uh, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying um, seeing the right students um, be really successful. Um, the thing about the way that I do business, um, it's very systematic. Um, there's there's um, you know software and services that you have to um, build out and implement in your business to consistently generate offers and submit offers electronically to homeowners. And so it's for the right type of student that, you know, is, is, is a little savvy and can, and can implement that when they're in. Um, but I love seeing them have success. I absolutely love it. Um, because I, it reminds me of the feeling that I got when I had my first success and that's just the greatest feeling in the world.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Cool, man. That's good. I mean, it's a, it's a great way to not only give back, but obviously you're making some money as well. So and I agree. I mean, uh, look, there's, yeah. Are you creating competition? Sure. Uh, you are, but at the same time, uh, I, I agree. I don't view it. I don't view it like that either. Um, you know, there's enough deals to go around enough deals to have for everyone to have. And you know what, if I, if I, mentored you. Um, you know, I, I, do coaching myself for multifamily people and, and, and if I mentored you, well then, you know, you're buying the building, right. You're not way overpaying, you're not driving prices way up. And so great. Right. And, right. and so I think there's actually some benefit to it as well. Uh, so selfish benefits. Cause like if I didn't mentor you, nobody did, Maybe you're way overpaying for properties. Maybe you're driving those values way up um, and making it hard for everybody to buy the next property.
1: Agree. So, Agree. Or, or or you know, giving a bad name. Doing it bad, uh, right? To doing really real estate investors. Right? Yeah.
0: Well, and, there, um, there's that too, right? At real estate. Especially in-
1: wholesalers.
0: Wholesalers, flippers. I mean, you, landlords, look, any uh, real estate true, investors can get bad names very quickly. And it can it doesn't have to be from a large group. It can be from one or two bad apples that make everybody think every single person's a greedy, you know, jerk that does this business.
1: Agree, agree. Oh so, yeah, I, I love being able to shield them and share with them the right way to do business.
0: Love it. Um what's a, what's a failure or, or a hurdle that you've had along the way and how did you learn and grow from it?
1: Yeah, great question. Um, one of the things that I think that uh, we didn't do a great job of was cost control um, in 17 and 18. Um, I think we um, didn't, did not properly leverage, you know, kind of our, you know, finances as a kind of a a barometer for, you know, uh, how, you know, the the health of our business. I think it was more so looking at, you know, how many deals we got under contract, how many deals are being sold, but not really, really digging into cash flow, really digging into, you know, projections um, and really understanding the finances early on um, was something that I think that I could have done a lot better job of. Um, I had a partner at a, at a point in time um, that that was something that, you know, he was supposed to um you know really uh lead the charge with um and, and i and I, I i probably allowed myself to not be so focused on that but i think that it's very early on and so you know anybody that's listening learn from my mistake and make sure that you find a way to get a bookkeeper early early on in your business oh, and yeah. really understand your numbers really understand like what's going on control cost um, and, and make sure, you know, all those little subscriptions start adding up and all the different services that you're doing and, you know, and understanding what marketing is working and why, and why this isn't, and, and, and why you should discontinue this list or, you know, dig in more on these types of leads. And so that was something that I think that I, I've, I've definitely learned from and, 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 you know, rebuilding, um, I won't make that same mistake twice. These subscriptions that you
0: get are meant to allow you to forget about them. <laughs> they, they they hook you in, right? You go, I think I need this. You pay for it. And then you forget about it and you don't use it, but you forget about it because they only charge you $12 a month. All right. And we recently went through our subscriptions, my bookkeeper and I, and looked at it and we ended up saving $175 a month on just junk subscriptions that we no longer needed that we hadn't canceled. Mm. And it's,
1: we all, it's have. Like,
0: <laughs> we all have so many of those. You just have to, sometimes you got to slow down and look at the the finer details of your business. I, that That's so valuable. Just don't, you know, you, like you said, you guys are so focused on just like getting the next deal, buying, building, but you didn't stop to focus on like what your controllable expenses are that you can actually pay attention to and make your business more profitable. You're focusing on buying more, but is your cash flow truly going up, or are you just creating more work just just because you think buying is so important? Exactly. Yeah, I agree. Hundred <laughs> percent. I've been guilty of that. <laughs> you know, it's just, but, the, but the, I think that's part of our nature as, as entrepreneurs, at least it's, it's me. Like I, I want the next deal. Like I want to get the next deal. I want to continue to build and grow the business and you find building and growing the business. It's, you know, I got to get, do more, but sometimes you got to do less. Actually, sometimes you got to look at your, your true business as a whole and go, okay, what can we do less of to make our business even better?
1: I agree. Agree. hundred percent. 100%. Um
0: this is this has been awesome. I I love, you know, here's wholesalers and flippers are like the two I, I shouldn't say just them. I mean, I'm singling them out, but it's the the two kind of real estate investors that come to your mind as being people who they're not investors, they're just guys who guys and gals who wholesale or flip for a hobby or create a second job but i love talking to people like you who actually create a business a true business and that's actually true and i singled out wholesalers and flippers but it's actually true in you know buy and hold investors and and everybody is they just create this hobby and they don't think about, as you said, build it right away from the future and think about how you're going to expand and how you're going to create a business and not a hobby, not a job. So I love talking to guys like you and gals that, that have done this type of thing in what I would say an industry that just doesn't have a ton of people that have done this, you know, so, right. so it's just is it's great, it's refreshing to hear. Uh, how a wholesaler can actually be truly a business owner and truly build something much bigger than themselves. So
1: for sure. Look, and, and at the end of the day, you know, there are some major corporate wholesalers out here yeah. and if yeah. they can do it, why can't we home investors franchise? Yeah. Um, you know, there's, there's a bunch of other new ones that are popping up. I saw a commercial the other day. It wasn't HomeLight. home light. Um, but there's, there's a bunch of those, those newer, um, you know, home investor type franchises, uh, that are doing, you know, a lot of, uh, marketing on you know TV, radio, uh, billboards. They're in essence doing the same thing that we are. They're just finding off market discounted inventory yep. and selling it, you know, and, Have you, and you ever thought of
0: growing push. like that?
1: No, um, you know, the, that wasn't, you know, ever um, you know, I, let me take that back. Yes, I've thought about it. <laughs> but not not in not in a major way. So I never thought about like, you know, you know, franchising through like home investors or anything like that like that. But I did, you know, uh, consider um, you know, getting some, you know, some real corporate funding, you know, growing it to this 10 million dollar you know, business to where I am i got radio ad and TV ads and stuff like that. Um, but I've, I've taken some time um, to really step back from that, especially recently in this year um, through everything that's kind of gone on with COVID and um, just talking to others, talking to friends, other, you know, colleagues and and, and realizing that, you know, being the biggest, baddest, you know, with this big sales floor isn't necessarily what I want. I don't think that that's a vision that I want. That I have for my life to really grow it to where you have this monster and machine that you always have to continue to feed and um, you know, you never really able to, you know, kind of slow down and just have some time for you, for you, for yourself and your family. And so I've kind of scaled back from wanting this super large you know, acquisitions team and doing deals in a bunch of different cities, I think I can do pretty well right here, right at that, you know, one, five, maybe two, five mil mark. Um, and, and just keep it simple.
0: So I like what you just said there. Um, so many people get caught up in other people's dreams, right? you, you, you hear about having the biggest, baddest business around and how it'd be so cool to own, you know, $10,000 or have a $10 million wholesaling business or, you know, franchise or or whatever. It sounds cool and it's somebody else's dream. And then you start pursuing that and realize that it's not what it's cracked up to be. It's, it's where you have to stop and reflect quickly, like what you did and say, what do I really want to do? Right. Do it, do I really want to achieve this massive multi, because you could do it. You've proven to us that you could you could do it if that was your dream. But you realized that it's not your dream. That's so important for people to realize. Like you've got to follow your dream, not somebody else's dream. Just because somebody else wants a ten million dollar business doesn't mean you should have a ten million or a hundred million or whatever dollar business.
1: I agree, I agree. You know, I think that this year has given a lot of us some real time to reflect If <laughs> If that's what you chose to do with that time, you know, sheltering indoors or whatever, you know, whatever you did, but you know, that's, that's what I did. I, I spent a lot of time with my family and I spent a lot of time reflecting. And, and that's kind of where I'm, I'm, you know, that's, that's the compass that I have now. And, and, and what I want to do over these next few years is um, just kind of really build and solidify and, and, and hold.
0: Yeah. You know, it's funny. The, the, the pandemic, obviously it's caused a lot of hurt and you know people, people have, have died. And it's, it's serious, but it's, it's caused a lot of people myself yourself to actually slow down a bit and reflect and go, okay, what's, well, wow, do I really need to be going at 190 miles an hour? Or can I slow down a bit? Like, can, can we still be satisfied, happy, and accomplish the things we want to accomplish and give back the way we want to give back by doing it slightly different? I think that's been a, actually a blessing through all of this for a lot of people is to be able to step back a bit and reflect on where they're heading, where they've been going, and realize how they want to now spend their time.
1: Agree, Agreed. Well, great. Yeah, it's been a great time.
0: So how do you? Uh, I, I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> been, it's been a great time. Not a great time, you know. But, <laughs> right. but yeah. Um. So so how do you you know, you do the coaching? You've got the the REI live, and uh, so maybe we already know the answer to this. But is there is there anything specific to your heart that that you like to do to give back beyond that?
1: Um that's uh, that's for most all intents and purposes that's the main thing that i do um is, yeah. Which is i give my time are, by the way. and i share yeah right because i have four young children yeah. like oh, less wow. than seven seven to two so they keep me busy so, um, so,
0: so that's how you get back.
1: yeah i mean that's phase <laughs> that, of the life of, of of where i am in my life and i think yeah. that you know me and my wife want to try for maybe one more um, and round it out. She actually won at six. so I don't know if we can squeeze in two more <laughs> by the time uh, over the next few years, but more I mean, power that, to that's you. <laughs> the phase. That's the phase that I am. I, 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 I'm yeah. building with my children. I'm building with my business and now through yeah. coaching students and, and giving value and sharing these resources for other people and, and knowledge and real estate investing. So yeah,
0: awesome, awesome. That's cool. What's a favorite uh, book that you can leave our audience with?
1: Um, I, just keeping it simple, I would, um, uh, point to the one thing, um, that's mm. super important. Um, and then Great for book. folks that are just getting started out, um, Mike Michalowicz profit first, I think is going to be a good way to set up your, set yourself up for success, um, and making sure that your finances are, um, you have a game plan for what you want to do with the, um, lump sum of cash that would come from a wholesale deal and set up a profit first system.
0: I like it. All right. So my last question before we wrap up: What are your three pillars of wealth creation?
1: Because mm. so wealth is 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 that um is is that the question specific to.
0: You, you you interpret it how you want and just blast us with the answer man so
1: look I, I, and i i mentioned this a little earlier i want you know to be consistent in everything that i do I want yeah. to continue to learn and develop myself new opportunities etc um and then I want to consistently seek out coaching and and, and mentorship uh for for the journey and the and the, the, the phase i am in, in my life um those three things you know, we'll get anyone far and it's gotten me to where I am. Um, and, and you know, it's going to continue to propel me forward. Consistency continuous learning development and coaching.
0: I love it. I love it. Definitely super valuable. All, all three of them hundred percent agree. Um, well, man, Brandon, it's, it's been a pleasure, uh, really a lot of great stuff here that people can unpack, I you mean, know, you know, just, just building that business from the right way from the start bringing on the, the bookkeeper, the part-time or the, sorry, the full-time assistant, uh, the acquisitions manager, you know, just bringing people into your business before you're hundred percent ready, knowing that you're going to probably have to pay them out of your pocket before the profits come in, but the profits are going to start coming in and it's going to expand and grow your business. And we're, you know, like you talked to us about just actually focusing on building our business instead of focusing on working in our business. Focus on how can you improve it. And then, you know, controlling your costs versus just worrying about the next deal. Focus on, you know, how are, how's our overall cash flow going, not just how many deals are we buying. And so much more. I mean, it's it's been a ton of fun. Um how can our listeners get in touch with you? Learn more about what you got going on. Learn more about your coaching. Um, you know, just reach out.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, if you go to sendmoreoffers.com, sendmoreoffers.com offers.com, as all of the social links uh, in there to reach out to me, Facebook, Instagram, everything uh, in the coaching program, sendmoreoffers.com. And if I could leave There's one more thing that absolutely really kind of made me um, think of is, and I was talking to my dad about this just recently, but one of the biggest and greatest skills of an entrepreneur is the ability to be able to take that leap of faith that Mm, to step out on faith and, and, and knowing that, you know, there's a greater opportunity and greater success on the other side of that leap, hiring, you know, entering into a new business opportunity whatever that may be, being able to take that leap and detach from, I have to have everything planned out is, yeah. is a super, super important skill. Uh, so you have to take that leap in entrepreneurship.
0: Yep. Ab- absolutely. You've got to, you've, you look, you have to take the risks. If you're not willing to take the risks, you're not going to grow. You're not going to, and, and you're not going to be fulfilled either. You know, every time when I get to a point where it's like, oh man, it's just like, what's going on. I just don't feel like things are it's always because I'm not taking risks. It's always because I've stopped thinking about growth in the future and start getting comfortable with where I'm at and happy with where I'm at. And then it actually makes me not satisfied. I got to, got to be growing. Got to be taking risks. I love it. I love it.
1: 100%.
0: Oh man, Brandon, good stuff. Uh, again, appreciate you being on the show and uh, and thanks for adding so much value, man.
1: Awesome. I appreciate it, Todd. It's yeah. been great.
0: Have a fantastic rest of the day. Awesome, you too.